Blog Talk Radio. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready to get his freight train down the track determination he would never lack the little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. Hi everyone, welcome to Getting Our Top. I'm your host Paul Morris, and we're here Tuesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m., that's East Coast time, broadcasting from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State, which is uh, the northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown. And uh, not taking any calls today, I'm going to be talking about the origins of expressions, uh, which is a hobby of mine. And um, just want to let you know that little song, Freight Train Freddy, uh, was written and performed by Peter Tazone. Peter is the illustrator of the book I wrote called Freight Train Freddy. And uh, it's a 19th century steam engine as he makes his way through the uh, the Old West. And uh, if you want to see some of Peter's beautiful pictures and read some of my rhyming uh, uh, phrase, just go to ftfcreation.com. That's ftfcreation.com. It's in Freight Train Freddy, ftfcreation.com. And if you want to know more about me and what I do, you could find me at www.depressivesanonymous.org, depressivesanonymous.org. So today uh, we're going to be on, on the light side of things, nothing depressing here. Uh, <clears throat> we're coming into a, uh, a long holiday weekend, 4th of July, and uh we're going to talk about expressions. Let me give you a little background. A number many years ago, a number of years ago, I was uh, I started out of college in the computer business as a programmer. Taught myself programming. They didn't teach it in college back then, so that goes back a, a while. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I learned it from a, a called a program instruction manual, IBM. Fortran. Anyway, uh, I was in uh, the computer business for about 11 or so years to sell, decided to get into the sales end, and uh, was on the road for about 15, 20 years. And as I was in my car, I would try to listen to something to keep me, you know, entertained. And uh, John Chiotti, at the time, he passed away since was a uh, a a poet and he had a 30 minute show once a week on the origins of expressions I didn't know much about it at the time but I fell in love with it and found it really fascinating and I read you some of the first ones that he talked about and <clears throat> afterwards I started buying books I have a whole a shelf a shelf and a half of uh, books on expressions <clears throat> since then 
and uh, something that I find very interesting. So let me uh, go into a little of it. In my uh, little blurb here on the show, I say some expressions are bastardizations of foreign phrases brought into the English language. Uh, Some have historical, most have historical origins, and many are derived from nautical folklore and tradition. In fact, there's a whole book called uh, Salty Words, uh, words from, you know, nautical traditions, going way back to the pirate days, and I'll talk about a couple of those, are very interesting. And uh, so I will be letting the cat out of the bag while I show my true colors and toot my own horn by explaining the origin of some of my favorite expressions until I reach the end of my rope at the bitter end of the show. So, let's get started then. Uh, Let's start with uh, letting the cat out of the bag. Well, many, many years ago, uh, in the Middle Ages or so, they would uh, they would sell uh, pigs. They put them in a, a sack, and people would take them home and eat them or raise them or whatever they you know, whatever they did with them. <clears throat> and that's where the origin of uh, buy a pig in a poke, which means to buy something without really checking it out carefully. In other words, you just poke the bag, and if something moved around, you figured, okay. My pigs are in there. Well, as it turned out, some of these uh, some of these uh, people who sold these pigs were not on the up and up, and they would just get stray cats and throw them in the bag. And people might not find out until they got them home, weren't very happy about it. So when someone opened the bag and let the cat out of the bag, then people found out the truth that they weren't being sold pigs, but just stray cats that weren't really of much use in the way they wanted it. So that's the origin of letting the cat out of the bag. Um, So let's talk about the next one here. Showing your true colors. Okay. Well, let's go back. There's, that comes from the uh, uh, the pirate tradition. I also re- I read a lot about pirates. I find it also very fascinating. The pirates are very uh, very democratic people, and that's why people became pirates because being a pirate you could get hanged <laughs> for piratry. Not a very happy ending. Um, and uh, in fact. Uh, uh, there was a pirate who was uh, hanged, and what they did was they hung him in England, actually, because the, the golden age of piracy was like 1670 to about 1835, all right, a while back there. And, of course, we were part of England at the time, and uh, so they sent this pirate to uh, England to get him tried and they hung him there and they had him on this hanging post uh, 
for uh, a while to show people you don't do that kind of thing. And what they did to keep them from uh, rotting <laughs> was to dip them in the tar, actually. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the pirate. I'll, it'll come to me. It's a very famous pirate. He had a very famous uh, uh, background, by the way, uh, interesting background. Uh, okay, so uh, throwing you two colors. Let's start with, before that, we'll go to Jolly Roger. The colors, by the way, is a flag. And when you hoist your colors, you hoist your flag. All right? That's what it means. The colors means your flag. Uh, let's go back again to Jolly Roger. I said the uh, pirates were very democratic, egalitarian. They had, they had black pirates from Africa. They had women pirates. Um... Uh, you know, and one one pirate, one vote. They could vote a uh, captain off the ship. Uh, everyone had a certain uh, share of the of the take. They couldn't vote a pirate off the ship when they were during a battle, of course. But when the battle was over, <clears throat> they voted. It was very democratic. At any rate, <clears throat> the original pirate flag. Most people don't know this. Was red, <clears throat> not the black or white skull and crossbones that most of us are familiar with. And it, they had a, uh, a sardonic term for it. And in French, it was called Jolé Rouge. Jolé Rouge in French means the happy red. And they meant it sarcastically. Of course, it was happy to the pirates, but not to the people who they came upon and, uh, you know, whose ships they took and and might have uh, had a battle and killed them during the uh, battle. <coughs> and if not, took their ships and uh, whatever they did with them after that. So they call it uh, Jolet Rouge. And uh, they bastardized the uh, name, the word Jolet Rouge, the term, in English, and it became the Jolly Roger. So that's how the term Jolly Roger came which usually denotes the pirate flag, the Jolly Roger. Now, <clears throat> the way the pirates <coughs> would get people, sorry, I have a little, I don't know why I'm coughing. Uh, the way the pirates would get their prey was they would uh, fly the colors uh, or the flag of the, uh, of the uh, ship they were trying to catch and take over. So let's say if it was a French ship, they'd fly the French flag, or an English ship, or a Spanish ship. You know, they carry, they would hoist their flags, and so that let's say the French ship would think it was a friendly French vessel, until they got so close, the uh, the prey, the ship they were trying to take over, could not get away at that point, and at that point they would lower the French flag, the French colors, and hoist the Jolly Roger. The pirate colors, and in fact, they'd be showing their true colors and who they really were, that is pirates. Now, you might say, well, why would you, why would they bother? Why not just, uh, you know, just just board the ship, you know, throw the uh, hooks on and board the ship? Well, <clears throat> very simple reason. Pirates didn't want to die or get, 
you know, wounded any more than anybody else did. So by hoisting, the, by getting so close, the other ship could not leave, and hoisting the uh, pirate ship uh, colors, uh, they were they were they thought that the other the uh, ship would would give in and let them take over because they were so frightened by the thought of fighting the pirates, they would just let them take their cargo and and their ship and so on. And sometimes they didn't always take the ship. Sometimes they just took the cargo. <clears throat> and it did happen. I don't know the exact percentage of the time, but a good number of times it would happen, and the uh, people on the ship would capitulate. But sometimes they had a fight. So in order to give them a chance, in order not to have to fight themselves, they would hoist the uh, pirate Jolly Roger. So that's when they showed their true colors, who they really were. <clears throat> okay. Now, uh, one of the ones that really fascinated me from listening to John Chiotti, <clears throat> it may have been the first uh, one I heard. Uh, it was getting your goat. You know, getting your goat means rattling you. You know, I remember uh, um, there was a uh, there was a tennis player I'm trying to think of his name. He wasn't that famous. He was a male tennis player, and he played a couple of the uh, women. This has gone back about thirty years, and um, uh, the first woman he played, he, he bought her flowers and all this stuff. And he kind of threw her off a game, and he beat her. And uh, but then he played Billy Joe, Billy Jean King. Everybody, most people remember Billy Jean King, great tennis pro. And she didn't fall for that stuff, and she beat him. Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, but he was uh, he was a hustler. He was a pro uh, tennis player, but uh, he wasn't any you know anything great like some of the. Great ones we know today, but um, anyway, he he kind of got their goat. So how did it come about? Well, you, uh, racehorses are very uh, very sensitive, and in order to calm them down and keep them quiet, they would bring a goat into the stall with the horses, and you know, just like a person would have a kitten, a cat, or a puppy, or something, you know, that they could make them feel calm. The goat would be the way that these uh, these horses, these uh, very, uh, these racehorses that <clears throat> were very skittish would keep them calm. And opponents, knowing this, would go to the stalls the night before a race. This really happened. And they would steal the goat. And uh, it would it would shake up these very sensitive horses, who were you know very much inbred, and uh, they would get their goat, and they would try to that would rattle the horse, and they would not perform as well at the race the next day. So that's where the expression uh, "getting a goat" comes from. <clears throat> kind of interesting, I thought. <coughs> Bobby Riggs, that's the guy's name. Bobby Riggs was the male tennis player who uh, who lost to Billie Jean King and beat this Australian uh, uh, te uh, women tennis player. 
Bobby Riggs. Uh, okay. So, some of the other expressions. <coughs> I don't know why I'm coughing. So, sorry about that. <clears throat> Take some water. <coughs> One of the other ones I found really fascinating was, um, you know, they say uh, it, it, a building has 30 stories or 10 stories or you live in a three-story or six-story apartment building like I did years ago. <clears throat> Where did the word stories come from? <clears throat> well, as it turned out, during the Middle Ages, they would paint stories between each floor of a building. <clears throat> they were Bible stories. So let's say the story of the flood or... Uh, you know, Garden of Eden or the Exodus or whatever Bible stories, they would paint them in between each floor. So someone would say, what story do you live on, you know? (laughs) Uh, And, you know, it would be these stories, uh, the Bible stories. And it could be a three-story building back then or whatever it was. So many stories were painted. And you would live on one of the particular stories. So I found that kind of interesting. Something unusual. <coughs> and uh, so something that is local for you New Yorkers <coughs> is there's a uh, friend of mine worked at the Port Authority who took care of all the bridges and tunnels in the area. <coughs> And it was a bridge that had an interesting name. <clears throat> Most people hear expressions, and they try to be logical to figure it out. And it's usually not logical. So, for instance, <clears throat> there's a bridge in, between Staten Island and New Jersey called the Outer Bridge Crossing. So they call it the Outer Bridge Crossing because, well, it would sound strange to call it the Outer Bridge Bridge. Okay, that's logical. But where did the word out of bridge come from? <clears throat> Would you say, well, maybe it's kind of at the end of Staten Island and, and all that? Nope. It's actually named after a man named Outerbridge, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, so they named it after Mr. Outerbridge, and it's the Outerbridge Crossing between Staten Island and Jersey. True story. <clears throat> okay, so let's see some of the other ones I talked about here. Uh, okay, you reach the end of your rope uh, when people are hanged, not very pleasant, <laughs> and they drop down and they reach the end of the rope, boom, the rope, the rope tightens up, either it breaks their neck or they just strangle to death, and that's how they reach the end of the rope. <laughs> now, what about the bitter end? Someone had asked me that. When I told them about these uh, expressions, they said, what does a bitter end mean? What does that mean? Well, again, someone may think of bitter as, you know, sweet and bitter. And uh, that has nothing to do with it, as it turns out. Could be a good, you know, possible guess. The actual bitter end comes from another nautical uh, sailing uh, expression from the sea. 
And when they let the rope out for the anchor, the end of the rope was called the bit. B-I-T, the bit. And when the rope, and when the anchor went all the way out and didn't quite hit the bottom, it would reach the end, the rope would go to the end where it was tied to the boat, and that was called the bit. And it was at the bitter end. That's exactly where it went. It went all the way out to the bitter end. Now, maybe that is not a satisfying explanation, but that's what it is. It's uh, from the uh, <clears throat> from the sea. <clears throat> okay, uh, another one I found interesting. Again, one that people would would uh, be confused about and would probably guess it meant something completely different. Uh, there was a a singer in the fifth started in the fifties. Great, great rhythm and blues singer in the beginning of when rock when rhythm and blues became rock and roll and uh, I am old enough to remember that uh <clears throat> they started with Elvis and and um and little richard and all these great singers <clears throat> from that time at any rate uh <clears throat> it was a song uh Fat Domino sang Blue Monday, Blue Monday, how are you, Blue Monday? Da, 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 you know, any songs about the blues? Okay, so we think well, Blue Monday was <clears throat> blue because you know blue meaning being sad, and <clears throat> because you had to go back to work. <clears throat> but that's not the origin of it at all. <clears throat> Even though it would sound again logical, but it's not about logic. And, uh, by the way, many, many expressions, uh, people don't know for certain what they are. They may be fairly certain. Some they might know. <clears throat> and many they're just not sure about. Or they have one or more uh, possible reasonable origins. <clears throat> uh, Blue Monday comes from <clears throat> the fact that uh, people, uh, women probably, would wash their clothes on Monday. Mondays was the day they did their wash, okay, <clears throat> historically. And um, they used to make things white. They used to use blue coloring to make whites whiter. They used uh, some kind of a chemical pro uh, substance called, that was blue. And uh, so Monday became Blue Monday. When they washed the clothes, <laughs> and uh, but Fats Domino made it into a song, and that's that. Anyway, <clears throat> you know the expression "giving the cold shoulder." Now, what is that all about? <clears throat> Giving the cold shoulder. Well, <clears throat> when you know, it's an old expression about guests. Guests and fish start stinking after three days, they say, <laughs> when you have company staying over. Uh, if someone wasn't, when they wanted to kind of tell their guests it was time to leave, they would give them the cold shoulder. And, you know, it, it didn't have anything to do with your shoulder. 
The cold shoulder was a cold shoulder of beef. And the shoulder of the beef from a from a cow, a steer, was not the best cut at all. It was not very tender. So it wasn't the prime prime food. And if it was cold, the leftover, it was even less uh, desirable. So when you wanted your guests to know that you know it was time to go, you would serve them the cold shoulder or give them the cold shoulder, <coughs> which meant uh, okay, that's it. You know, and and expressions evolve. Obviously, they don't stay exactly the same. Uh, <coughs> but. Um, so they may evolve over time and not mean exactly the same thing. Well, let's uh, let's see if we can find some others here because in my books, oh, here's one uh, called "The Jig Is Up." <clears throat> as far as the word "jig" is concerned, I'm reading now. Whatever is the origin, it seems to be very old term for a gay or lively dance probably a dance commonly known throughout all western Europe 15 centuries ago but in England around 1600 jig became also slang term for a practical joke or a bit of trickery when the victim of the practical joke discovers the trickery he is no longer fooled nowadays he would say I'm on to you, or I'm wise. The old the the old expression was the jig is up, and was used. It was seemed in the general meaning that the trickery was exposed. The time for settlement has come, <clears throat> and um, getting towards the end of the time here. But I'm going to tell one that's kind of funny. <clears throat> now I uh, just came to my mind. And I think John Charty told this one, too, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, your ass is in a sling. <laughs> now, that's a funny one. You're, don't get your ass in a sling, right? Or you'll get your, if you do this, you'll wind up with your ass in a sling. <laughs> now, <laughs> actually, the expression came from the fact that an ass is also a donkey. All right. Now people would think their their derriere, uh, the bottom part of their analogy, uh, analogy, anatomy would be in the sling, <clears throat> and that's how it's used today. But actually, it comes from your donkey, which calls an ass, term ass or a donkey. Uh, you know, was an animal they used around a lot around the farm, and it was very necessary to get work done. And when they shoed and changed the horseshoes for the donkey or ass, if they had to do more than one, they would actually, and this, I'm not making this up, uh, I'm not that good, they would put it in a sling. They would hoist it up in a sling, and then they'd get it, be able to get at their hind legs, and they would change their, shoe, their horseshoes. But while your ass or donkey was in a sling, you couldn't get much work done. And you were kind of hung up. So that's where the expression 
getting your ass in the sling comes from. I will I will leave on that note. Uh, <clears throat> so just remember, don't get your ass in the sling. So you'll be able to uh, <clears throat> get your work done. And uh, and uh, things will be better for you. So uh, I wish everyone a happy 4th of July. That'll be Monday. I will be doing another show. Another show on uh, on uh, Tuesday, and that show will be with my sometimes alter ego Penny Cohen, and it's going to be on a very interesting topic. Hold on, I'll tell you what that topic is in a second. Uh, what are we doing it on here? Anyway. Um, So look for look for me next week. I can find Penny here. Hold on, folks. Give me a second. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. The show will be on the power of intention. No, that's not the show. We got another one here. Okay. Okay, sorry, that's not the show. We did that already. The show will be on learning your life lessons. Everyone says we need to learn life lessons. What does it mean? And how do we determine what our life lessons are? So it's a very important show, so don't miss it. You can listen to it live or on the podcast. So we're going to be talking about learning your life lessons next week. Uh, Thanks, you, everyone, for listening in. And, again, if you want to find out more about me, go to depressivesanonymous.org, and we'll let you go hearing Freight Train Freddy. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run. Long and hard And he had to be ready To get his freight train Down the track Determination he would never lack The little locomotive Called freight train Freddy Everybody was his friend And they all helped him to the end to keep those freight cars rolling along steady He never knew what to expect And was very careful not to wreck The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy